Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? I'm excited because this is my first episode under the NBA Big Board Podcast. I'm taking over for Chad. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what went down at the Nike Hoop Summit this weekend. And also, with the NBA season being over, the standings are set. And I'm going to talk about my mock draft 1.0 that is dropping on nbabigboard.com check it out yo yo what is up what is up you are listening to nba big board the nba big board podcast i almost said locked on nba draft but this is my first episode taking over for chad ford and the nba big board podcast but before i get started first of all thank you for each and every listener that has made locked on nba draft or even nba big board your first listen of the day and i i really appreciate it and i appreciate this opportunity to take over chad's feed on nba big board chad has been very very instrumental in my career. And I can't say we've known each other a long time. We met last year around the NBA draft and we did a live draft show together and we just kind of clicked from there. And and from there, he's just really been, like I said, instrumental. I mean, for him to turn over his newsletter and his podcast to me, it means a lot. It, it really means a lot. And so far the listeners, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you, um, you know, staying during this transition, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you could easily just say, well, this is not chat. So I'm not going to listen. So I know I have big shoes to fill. And in, in order to fill those big shoes, I'm going to make the NBA big board podcast five days a week. So it's like I'm wearing five pair of socks to fit into chat shoes. So thank you so much for, for just welcoming me with, with open arms and all the, the messages that I've received. And I mean, I, I really, really appreciate it. So, but before we get into that, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It is our sponsor and you know about Bet Online. but if you do not know about Bet Online, it has you covered for all of your needs this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And that is because Bet Online is where the game starts. I have my guy, Mikey Weisenberg, who is the basketball information specialist for Pro Insight. And he was at the Nike Hoop Summit this weekend. All right, that was a long introduction. Mikey, how is everything going? You are in Portland, Oregon. I'm a Blazers fan. And uh, some of those lineups are a little crazy lately. I, you know, I'm a basketball junkie but i feel like even the most hardcore nba fan is on google looking up some of the guys in the blazers rotation so how's everything in portland outside of the blazers being bad this year <laughs> Raphael? first off just wanted to thank you so much for having me on and wanted to congratulate you on uh taking over chad ford's nba draft big board and I will say that the Portland Trailblazers have been an absolute uh, roller coaster this season. And I'm going to the season finale tomorrow. It's interesting to see some of these young players, but you just kind of wonder how many are going to stick around in the long run. But nonetheless, you get to see some young talent and, uh, you know, that, them trying to solidify a roster spot. As far as the rest of Portland, I thought this week at the Hoop Summit went absolutely fantastic. Um, 
I thought both rosters were constructed really well and there was a lot of talent and it was great to have it back after two years um, where it was canceled due to COVID-19. Yeah, one of these years, I, I'm going to make it. It's been on my bucket list. And the reason I'm not, I didn't make it this year is because I'm in Milan. I've been trying to spend this entire year scouting in Europe and, and it's been tough. My wife is pregnant. So I, um, she was with me at first. And then once we found out we were expecting it made sense for her to go back to the States to, to go to her doctor's appointment. So I'm traveling back and forth between Dallas and wherever at in Europe, it's anywhere between a six and seven hour time difference. So it's like three weeks here, one week back. And now it's just starting to catch up and, and, and take a toll on me. And so I wanted to go, but then I'm like, all right, that is anywhere between an eight and nine hour time difference from Portland to depending on what city that, that I'm in in Europe. And then I was already messing up my body clock by staying up till five o'clock in the morning watching the NCAA tournament in the final four. So I, I chose to miss it this year and I wanted to go, man. I mean, there's a few guys that I've, I've, seen in, in the Dallas area that are planning it, but that's why I have you on. So tell me who stood out to you and who could be maybe a future blazer in two years? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, first off, I would say it mostly came from the USA roster. And I, uh, I, I'd say the guy that stood out to me quite a bit was uh Derek Whitehead who okay. you know it was to be expected I I, I feel like Derek Whitehead is possibly the number one player in the high school class obviously you have uh Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson as the possible top two for the 2023 NBA draft but Shady I, Sharp, I just think if he decides to stay in school yeah oh he, he would be up there as well but I, yeah. I I think Derek could seriously compete with him also um just really good defender um can do a little bit of everything like you know i i and then um during the game he hit five three-pointers he was five of seven from three-point line um and some of them were like you know some tough step backs really good in transition uh is a, a good passer as well like has the necessary length and um you know has a, some athletic burst also so he's somebody that I liked as soon as I saw him at um, USA Basketball minicamp in Colorado Springs in 2018. And he's just like stood the test of time. And I think all of the time they spend in Montverde Academy is really paid off. And, you know, they won uh, the Geico Nationals this year. So, yeah, I, I thought Derek was solid during practices. Um, they had a scrimmage and he, he was all right, but in, in the game, you know, he was Lights one of came the better on. players. Yeah, absolutely. So for the audience that are the listeners that aren't familiar, describe his game, like where is he going to school, his position. Yeah. Just, just give them a little bit of insight on, on who he is. So, oh, for sure. Uh, Dariq is, I would say like um, in the six five six six range, he, he's a guard who can probably play up and play the wing I think uh, defend a, a few different positions and he is just I wouldn't say he's like a, a primary initiator but he can do some things on ball um a really good scorer and um 
yeah, I, I just think that he's going to be like uh, one of the go-to guys for that Duke team next year. So, uh, and they're bringing in a really solid recruiting class and they had two other players on uh, the USA team for the Nike Hoop Summit. What's crazy is if I'm not mistaken, he played high school with Cade Cunningham. Was it him yes. that played with Cade and Scotty Barnes? And did Scotty with, and Moses, Moses and Dayron. And Sharp? Yeah, yeah, he was on that team. Yeah, and yeah. that arguably that is like, I forgot who I was talking to. Maybe it was Kofi Coburn, and I forgot what what where he went to school at. But we had like a debate over which was the best high school team ever. And I mean, just naming the names on that Montverde Academy that that has, I mean, what school stood a chance? Like they could have beat, they yeah. could have went to the Final Four with their high school roster. If you really think about it's it. certainly possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's certainly possible. Like look at the NBA success that they've already had uh, the guys from Montverde. And I, I think they're going to add to it from that team. Yep. All right. Who else stood out to you? Um, one guy who stood out quite a bit during practice it had, I, I wouldn't say like a quiet game, but um, a guy I really liked and have liked since I saw him at a young age as well as Jarris Walker. Uh, committed to Texas. He's about um, six foot seven, maybe pushing six foot eight. But the thing with Jarris is he's just always had like this pro body from a really young age. And I think it's just gotten better over time. He played at IMG Academy. Um, he had two fantastic games in Geico. I loved his defensive intensity. Um, I think he's a, a really good cutter and slasher. I, I like the fact that he has, you know, quite a bit of passing ability as well. He can do some things on ball. Um, yeah, just with his combination of size, athleticism, and strength, I think it's going to be a really great fit in Houston. And uh, I think he could be there a pretty short time, actually. All right, I had a couple more questions, but I want to talk to you about Built Bar. All right, it is April, and I'm pretty sure most of you have given up on your new year's resolutions and if you have even if you haven't i would suggest you try the built bar puffs if you have great if you have not you're missing out it's one of the best tasting bars it's this protein it's actually the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy not just a protein bar it's a treat and it's covered with 100 real chocolate you heard me 100 real chocolate and it is a fan favorite. It has some incredible flavors, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow, and all the built bars, 100% real chocolate. Like I said, low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They are better. And a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But if you go to built.com and you scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carbs. Most built bars, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, if you compare that to a candy bar, that's 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. But check it out for yourself. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. All right, let's, let's talk about his teammate at IMG. 
Keontae George. Keontae's from the Dallas area. Yes, sir. I've been uh, following him since he was a freshman. I've kind of been following him from afar because the first time I heard of him, I think I was living overseas. I think he won like a state championship as a freshman. And then maybe, was it two summers ago, I went to an AU game. You know, I'm just trying to see what the hype is about. And he showed out. And ever since then, I've been following him. I was going to his high school games last year. Saw him play pickup a couple times. I know he didn't have like the most productive game on paper, but what did you think of him from watching him at, at the practices? Well, the practices were a mixed bag with Keontae. And, uh, you know, I, I thought in the first practice, he had a, a couple nice drives and looked pretty decent. I felt that Wednesday's practice, he struggled a little bit. Like he was playing next to Nick Smith and they were playing a roster with uh, Amari Bailey and Dariq. And I, I just felt like uh, it wasn't necessarily the best fit. Oh, Anthony Black as well, who I, I'd love to get into. Another um, kid from the Dallas He area. was a late, yeah, he was, he was a late addition, but he's a real deal prospect. Um, but yeah, as far as Keontae, here's where Keontae really stood out. So um, it, on Thursday, they have a scrimmage against a team they refer to now as the Portland Generals, where okay. they get a bunch of local guys and they fly a few guys in to scrimmage against the world team in private and then the USA team in front of NBA scouts. And in the Thursday scrimmage, Keontae started off a little slow, finished with a bang. He made five three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Um, and like, you know, kind of like back to back to back, like just showing that, you know, when he really gets rhythm and can get a hop into uh, that jump shot, it, it, he can get like, just a scoring spree going. So yeah, that, that's where, you know, Keontae can just have those little explosive moments. Um, I, I think that that's kind of the excitement behind him, but yeah. Um, what do you feel about like Keontae as a prospect compared to the rest of this class? Like uh, have you like any thoughts, like just in terms of the, the other guards that were in the Nike hoop summit? I mean, as far as seeing guys in person, I haven't seen a bunch of them in person. And uh, sometimes it's kind of unfair to judge guys that you've seen in person against guys that you've only seen highlights on. Um, but I have seen Nick Smith play. Mm -hmm. I saw uh, they had a, a, yes. wound, a wound camp a couple, I think it was like last year or whatever. And uh, maybe it was 2020. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They had a wound camp in Dallas. And I didn't, I heard of him. I knew he was maybe like a top 25 recruit, but I felt like that was like a coming out party. And then he carried that momentum into last summer and I've even seen like he's someone that people are considering a top five pick for, for next year's draft which is already pretty much you got two guys that are solidified as one and two and so um looking forward to seeing to seeing him and then of course seeing with with Anthony Black I mean they're going to the same school now that's going to be really yeah. interesting speaking of interesting I find it interesting that uh Keontae is from but he's, he's from the Dallas area. He's going to Baylor while Anthony Black's dad, Terry, who I consider a friend, is a Baylor alum, and he's going to Arkansas. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Keontae can hold his own. I mean, I, you know, just looking at just past rankings from past classes, 
you, you never know who is going to be that much better of a college player than where they were ranked. I mean, just last year, and I just did a podcast on it, just last year, Imani Bates was ranked higher than Paolo Bancaro and Jabari Smith. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. like, the, you got to throw the rankings out. But I think depending on who was ranking. Yeah. But this was ESPN's <laughs> ranking, not to bash ESPN. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Keontae can can definitely hold his own. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, a big year at, at Baylor next year. And when I say big year, I mean, I, I yeah. don't expect any Baylor guard to put up like 20 points a game as, as a freshman, but um, I think that, you know, he, he can showcase the shooting and he's a, he's a really good athlete, but um, Nick, yeah. I wanted to ask you about Nick. What yes, did sir. you think about Nick? I, I, I'm a fan of Nick Smith. I, I think that, you know, his touch as a shooter and his, his touch on floaters uh, stood out against the other guards. Um, and also like uh, he showed, at least some on-ball acumen like uh when you when you look at the roster it, it was kind of hard to see like you know who was going to be the primary initiator and nick smith kind of took the the helm of that um at least is one of the better ones there and then i felt like the other like good primary initiator was anthony black yeah so both of those guys go into arkansas and then the thing I love about Anthony Black is not only is he six foot seven and, uh, you know, has the ability to handle the ball is maybe probably the best passer on the team as well. Yeah. His defense was like in a game and um, in, you know, practices where defense is sometimes optional, even with the hoop summit being kind of more intense than a typical high school all-star game, Anthony Black just played like lockdown defense at times on ball I thought he was really good off ball as well and then um he showed some ability off the ball as an offensive player you'd maybe like to see a bit more um you know of an ability to create him offense for himself but I just felt like the tandem of Nick Smith who's about six foot four I think he has a six foot nine wingspan Nick Smith and great shooter great touch um ability to put the ball on the floor as well um it can play passing lanes and you know even get steals on ball with his length so yeah the, i thought that like tandem looks really lethal next year for arkansas yeah then you add on jordan walsh another kid that that yes. i know from the, the dallas area and they another got a bench defender yeah they're muscleman is he's uh he, he he's put up he's built something pretty phenomenal in such a a short amount of time the right, three the McDonald's burgers three of them yeah but you know so yeah. <laughs> you know like there's this debate on on social media because I, I live in Dallas and Dallas had five guys on the on the that were McDonald's All-American so now there's like this huge debate as is Dallas the new basketball mecca and I kind of stay out of it but I mean like it gets pretty intense between people from LA and people from like New Jersey whatever I, but if Arkansas does well next season then i can just imagine people from dallas saying oh it's because they had two burger boys from the dfw area now bet online is the number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info you can find the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season and that is because bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs 
esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft, which is now NBA Big Board, your first listen of the day, and in this case, your first listen of the week. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. They have nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free, and it is available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the last player that I wanted to ask you about is someone that I've been high on for years. The first time I saw Jan Montero was in 2020. It was NBA All-Star Weekend at Basketball Without Borders. It was literally like one of the last basketball events in the world before everything changed. And um, I thought he was the best player at this event. I mean, he stood out. Josh Giddy was at the event, and I thought Montero was the better player at the time. And I remember talking to some agents, and they were just like, ah, he's too small. You know, like, he's not like this freak athlete. So one agent actually did a video. He said, well, if you believe in him so much, create me a video on why you think that this kid is going to be an NBA player. I'm not 100% sure. So I dug up some some film when he was at Grand Canaria, put it together, and um, and I, I'm going to call him, the agent, and be like, do you, do you see where I'm coming from now? So what is your thoughts on Yanni? Because he's not going to wow you with, like, crazy size, bouncy athleticism but he just knows how to put the ball in the basket what what are your thoughts on him yeah I I felt like he we were only allowed to go to two world practices so I, I kind of had a, a limited viewing of him there but um you, you know you could see that the handling ability the ability to you know see passing lanes um kind of get the offense running and then in the game he got off to a really quick start and, you know, that ability to create pull-up jumpers for himself, um, get relocate and get open and, uh, you know, knock down corner threes. I, I thought had a really strong performance in, in the actual game itself. Um, I still do worry about the size though. Like that, that is one thing. Like I, I worry a bit about the size. I worry a bit about the defense. But he has um, crazy yeah, hands like the, for the steals. Fact- like Very it's true. funny. Like if you look at his stats, you know he had he's always for overtime. Yeah, even when he played yeah. in in Spain, he's always just yeah. collected multiple steals. He's always been like a really good rebounder, and he's always had like a decent amount of blocks, surprisingly. And uh, mm-hmm. but he, I think he just doesn't pass the eye test of kind of what you want out of a lead guard. You want that explosiveness. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of maybe a little bit of Lou Williams in a sense to where. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope for a small guard like that. Yeah. yeah. But even though he's not like crazy explosive, I haven't seen anyone that can stay in front of him. I mean that the first step yeah. and the shiftiness and the offensive creativity, but he's been a pro for a lot of craft for years. Yeah. So I think he makes up with, yeah. it. I mean, but you look at Trey young, not saying he's Trey young, but Trey isn't a ideal athlete by NBA standards, which is why he fell in the draft. You know, I think in a yeah. redraft, obviously he goes, he goes a lot higher. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming too. on. Yes, definitely going to be. It was a strong draft. Thank you for, for coming on, man. I appreciate it. You're the, the first guest that I've brought on since I've taken over for this big board feed. Where can the listeners 
find you and your work? You can follow me on Twitter at NBA Draft Mikey V. You can follow Pro Insight at underscore Pro Insight and then go to prospectiveinsight.com. We have fantastic Q&As, uh, PI Pulse, which is our media stuff. And then we're available on YouTube and Instagram as well. And then um, I'm going to have an article on my thoughts on the Hoop Summit. Uh, last time it came out to a 45 minute read. So this, I'm going to make a, a really detailed report on the Hoop Summit on the Stepien. Okay, cool. And so I, you I can find it on there. I think I'm going to head home to the States and that's going to be like a 13 hour flight. So if it's 45 minute read, then I, I'll definitely have, have time for it. Well, thank you so well, much. Glad to on. at least help your flight go by. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Luckily the flights have been so empty lately. I've, I mean, it's off topic. I've had like seven consecutive flights where I've had a row to myself. So that makes it really, really well, let's easy. Go. And then the flights, I mean, it's, it's cheaper to fly from Dallas to Europe than it is domestically from Dallas to almost anywhere in the country. So um, luckily the flights have been been pretty good. Well, thank you, man, for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Now, if you stay tuned, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of my first mock draft 1.0 that drops on nbabigboard.com. Stay tuned. All right, and now with the conclusion of the regular season, we now know the, the standings based off of order and just going to give you a glimpse of my mock draft. My first mock draft, solo mock draft under NBA Big Board since I've taken over. And since we know the order, I'm not going to give you all of it because I want you to check it out on NBA Big Board, but we know the Houston Rockets have the number one pick. And with the number one pick, the Rockets have, I mean, they have a variety of ways that they can go. They can go with Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. They can go with Jabari Smith from Auburn. They can go with Paolo Bancaro from Duke. And maybe if they just want to be a little bit different, they can go with Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Now, if you've been following me on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast or even just on social media, you know I am driving this Paolo Bancaro bandwagon. And I think the Rockets should select Bancaro simply because I think that they've already have their franchise guy in Jalen Green. Jalen Green got off to a slow start. I mean, I think he was like ranked as like the worst player in the NBA. And he finished strong, finished with 41 last night. I mean, he looks like the star that they was hoping for him to be. Again, just got off to a slow start, but finished strong. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And I think that Bancaro would be a good second option next to Jalen Green, simply because you already know he's going to give you the rebounding. You know he can score on the block. You know he can create his own shot. But it is the playmaking that I am really sold on. I know it'd be a very, very interesting fit next to Alperin Shingun, because I imagine that is their center of the future. Be interesting fit on the defensive end, but I think it would give the Rockets two guys that can score on the block and two guys that I think are pretty good passers. And I think their interior four or five passing would be pretty cool. Also, I'm just a fan of how I believe Bancaro will look with NBA spacing and with a, a, a more creative coach, I should say. So this was a no-brainer for anyone that has been listening. Paolo Bancaro is my guy. But with the Orlando Magic, 
What should the Orlando Magic do with the second pick? You can go with Holmgren, who is, you know, I, mean, I guess he fits along the lines of what the Magic front office like. They like long athletic defenders. Or do you go with Jabari Smith? So here's my, my thing with Orlando. I think that they need a defined pecking order. They have too many mouths to feed on that roster. I feel like if you ask five guys on the team, who is the best player? Who is the franchise guy? I think you might get five different names. I think Fultz may think he's the guy. I think Cole Anthony believes he's the guy. Franz Wagner has played well enough to where he can make a case and say he is that guy. Wendell Carter may feel like if he had enough touches in the post or was featured a little bit more, he could be the franchise guy. Then let's not forget about Jonathan Isaac, who has not played since the bubble, which seems like, I know it's only been two years, but it seems like Jonathan Isaac hasn't played in like four years. He just got paid. And I mean, I saw that he had some type of setback. I don't know what Orlando should do um, because I think no matter what, whoever the rookie is, he's going to go into a situation where there's a bunch of guys with overlapping skill sets. And he's going to go into a situation where somebody may not feel like he's better than the guy that is in front of him. So I think it's a really weird situation. I think they need to make some trades and kind of consolidate the roster. Don't know the the best situation there. So Orlando has some decisions to make. Again, they can go Jabari Smith. He would definitely help them as far as like with outside shooting. So with Chet, Orlando ranked near the bottom of the league in three-point percentage, and both guys shot over 40% from three. So I believe that they can help there. But my biggest issue for Orlando is, who's your go-to guy? Who is your franchise guy? Now, if you think Jabari or Chet is a franchise guy, then, then I mean, they, they may be fine there. But I, I, I don't know. They're in a weird situation. And then you got Detroit. Detroit will be able to choose between Bancaro, Holmgren, or Jabari Smith, they have the easiest choice in the sense because they know that one of those guys is going to be available for them. But if you're Detroit, do you look to add Jaden Ivey? Again, Troy Weaver is the, the guy that's in charge there, and he was responsible for selecting Russell Westbrook. Not the most popular guy right now, but he was this freakishly explosive guard that was not considered a point guard out of UCLA. And then he's going to end up having a Hall of Fame career. And Jaden Ivey is a guy that's freakishly explosive. And you don't know if he's a point or a one or two, but I think that he can fit in well with Kate Cunningham. He gives the Pistons some athleticism. But also, if you decide to go, let's say, Ben Carroll, then you have, you know, your, your, your one, two guys in Ben Carroll and Kate Cunningham that can just create mismatches all over the floor. Both can post, both can pass, both can create their own shots. I would actually love that scenario. It would kind of suck for Marvin Bagley to be replaced by a fellow Dookie. But I mean, Detroit has some options. They are probably in the best position because they could end up getting the guy that they would have selected at number one and number three. And then it just seems like the thunder, no matter how bad they take I mean, did you see their rosters? Some of the worst rosters I've ever seen. I mean, they were playing like six guys. I don't even know if that team would have won the G League championship. And I'm just, 
I just don't understand why they're not getting criticized like Sam Hinkie did with the process. But the Thunder, based off the standings, as bad as they tried to tank, still did not finish with a top three record. And I know it would just be awful if they don't win the number one pick or end up not picking in the top three. They will have to, I mean, they have a tough choice. Let's say Bancaro, Holmgren, and Smith are not available, which most people assume that they won't be available. Let's say they're not available. Does that mean that you select Jaden Ivey, which means you have a little bit of redundancy there with Gilgis Alexander, who's best with the ball in his hands. Giddy is best with the ball in his hands. And then, I mean, I guess you could say it's not too bad of a fit. And if you're the Thunder, you don't necessarily draft off fit anyway. You're just drafting off talent. But they may have to either try to trade down or at least try to get a center. Because I think a center makes the most sense for the Thunder there, which, you know, you can look at Jalen Duran, You can look at Mark Williams. You can look at Coloco. I just don't know if drafting another guard makes a lot of sense there. So they'll have some decisions to make. The Indiana Pacers, who are projected to pick five based off the standings, they have some decisions to make there. I'm sure they would love for Ivy to fall to them at number five. He wouldn't have to move too far. But the guys in their range are Keegan Murray, Benedict Matherin. They can choose Shaden Sharp if he decides to enter the draft, which has not happened yet. Um, then you got like A.J. Griffin is somebody that's in their range. And then if you go from there between five, six, seven, eight, I think depending on the team, you're going to see Sharp, Griffin, Keegan Murray, maybe throw Jalen Duran in that mix, maybe even Johnny Davis in that mix. I think all of those guys are just going to be in that same range. So this is going to be an interesting draft. But if you want to hear my draft, my mock draft, if you want to hear more of my takes or read about them, go to NBA Big Board, check it out. I mean, sign up for a subscription. I have some free content also available, but check it out. Stay tuned for tomorrow. Have my guy Richard Stamen coming on. And we are going to debate about a couple players that are on his big board compared to mine. And we're, we're just going to have an interesting debate over why we feel like this player is better than this player and vice versa. All right. Thank you so much again for making this debut episode, at least for me as the host of NBA Big Board. Thank you so much for checking it out. Now, check out the Locked On NBA podcast from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. The Locked On experts will take you deep inside in the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow. I keep wanting to say Locked On NBA Draft, but this is Rafael Barlow, NBA Big Board, signing out, and I am out.